2: Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big
1: Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only 3 dollars per month.
0: Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game.
1: Subscribe
2: to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
1: And that is where we find the White Sox assistant general manager in charge of player development in minor leagues, Chris Getz. Good morning, Chris. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Appreciate you joining us this morning. And I know we want to talk about the minor leaguers and the system and, and player development, but let's start with something that obviously if you're a member of the White Sox organization, you had to think it was worth staying up for last night. When you see a victory like that, one nothing over the Giants, Lurie Garcia comes through, two outs, two strikes in the ninth with two runners on, what potentially can that do for a team?
2: Well, I mean, you, you, first of all, you're playing the San Francisco Giants. Um, one of the better teams in Major League Baseball. You know, we're on the West Coast, um, and sometimes playing in time zones can affect a a ball club a little bit. Um, But Lancelin had a tremendous start, and, you know, we competed to the end. We caught the break with Pollock hitting the ball off the bag. Lurie Garcia comes up and gets a big hit. So, you know, you take a win, first game of a series against the Giants, you know, uh, on the West Coast there. And you hope to take that momentum in today. I mean, our guys are competing, clearly. Um, uh, I think, you know, it's been frustrating not being able to really reel off uh, a lot of wins in a row. But there's a chance that that's about to happen. We're optimistic. Um, But we know this group is staying together. They enjoy playing with each other, um, going through this battle, and hopefully overcome some of the adversity we've been faced
0: with. Chris, always a pleasure having you on. Thanks for taking some time out today to join David and myself. When you look at the, the humidor and you look at home runs being down across Major League Baseball, how impactful has that been uh, on the Chicago White Sox? We know injury has impacted you uh, quite a lot, and uh, you know that, that's certainly a factor. But uh, for a home run hitting team like the White Sox, w- what impact do you think that's had on them both uh, on the field and, and psychologically?
2: You know, it, it's tough to exactly measure. Um, certainly has been a factor, just the, the uh, you know, not, not hitting the home runs that we used to um, or at least impacting the baseball like we have in the past. Uh, but, you know, we've been without Eloy Jimenez for most of the season. Yoan Moncada's battled some injuries. Grandal's obviously injured right now. We still need to go out there and put quality at-bats together. We're capable of doing that. We've shown glimpses of doing that. Um, and I, I think as as we get back home here, getting a getting a nice nice rhythm with this team, there's a chance that more home runs will come. But you know, we don't want to focus on that too much. That home runs are a result of, uh, of the correct process, you know, with, with within that bat. So, and we know guys are doing that. That's what we're preaching. And I think it's a matter of time before our offense really starts to show what they're capable of doing.
1: Chris, I'm glad you're with us. I'd like you to, if you could, take us through the Lanine Sosa experience last week because i feel like when he was promoted and he skipped a triple a step along the way to chicago there was excitement and then i think maybe from the fan base maybe from the media maybe it was overstated i don't know but maybe you can tell us because he comes to chicago and then it's two games before he starts and then he starts and you know he leads off didn't have a great day he bats ninth the next day and does a little bit better and then he goes back pretty quickly once uh, Yon Mankata came back from injury overall how do you classify that experience and what was the thought process in bringing him back to skip a step to bring him to Chicago and yet it was probably two games before he actually got into the lineup as a starter
2: So I'd prefer to start with you know the year that Lenin has had um, you know looking at the last couple of years certainly a prospect that we believed in um, we knew that there was more offensive potential in there. And this offseason, uh, he spent di- time at our academy in January with our double-A hitting coach, Charlie Romero. Um, there were specific mechanical changes that he was able to to uh, to make and apply quickly. Um, goes out to double-A this year. And, I mean, he, he was one of the best, if not the best, bats in that league for a 22-year-old. Um, and you look at what he had done, in terms of cutting strikeouts, getting on base, in zone contact, lessened his chase numbers. And, and he had 14 home runs. He's hitting over 330. Um, we've got a guy that can bounce around the diamond, can play some shortstop in second, third base. Um, he's got tremendous makeup. Nothing phases him. So when there was a need uh, at the major league level, we look at around who can help us win. Who's got the, you know, what does he bring to a ball club? We look at this guy, this guy, this guy. Lenin Sosa stood out. I mean, this guy um, can help you in a lot of different ways. You know, he gets the opportunity to come up there. You know, it, it played out the way it did. Um, but the way I view it, this is an opportunity for Lenin Sosa to get a, a taste of of Major League Baseball. You know, he 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 stood at second base. He stood in the box. He got his first hit, and you know, he's back in Triple A. And you know he got three hits his first night. He got two hits last night. Um, so I, for me, as you're trying to grow the, these these players, these prospects into major league players, I thought it was a tremendous opportunity to just to, uh, accelerate it even further. Did I feel like he could help our major league club? I did, of course. A lot of people did, um, but more than anything, I think this is just going to make him an even better baseball player to help us at the major league level.
0: Chris Getz, our guest uh, for a few more minutes, assistant general manager, director of minor leagues for the Chicago White Sox. And Chris, uh, I guess as a guy who uh, took a lot of pride in his defense, and uh, you were, you know, a complete player because of that. Uh, you weren't a flashy player, but you were a very good major league player. I guess the, the frustration of watching uh, White Sox defense uh, at times is uh, difficult for me, and you hear about it from. Uh, other people out there. Is that a product of playing too many close games or a uh, defense that's just been mediocre? I think
2: it's a little bit of both. I mean, if you, if you put, you know, Knight of me out there, there's not going to be a lot of runs scored. <laughs> Maybe you don't make many errors, but you're probably not going to win a lot of games. Uh, we've got some, you know, there, there's different shapes and sizes of players, guys that have a, a certain offensive potential and there might be a little lighter defensively. You try to put the group together to, to, to really complement the, whether it be the, the pitching side, offensive side, um, what have you. So there are going to be times where you're going to be frustrated based on the personnel that you have. Um, I do think it's a byproduct of just close ball games. Um, but also we've got some you know lapses out there. I mean, it, it's, it's a difficult thing to do to, to play nine plus innings out there and remain focused. That's, that's the demand of the job. Um, these guys need to to, they're capable of doing it they need to stay on top of that um, and just lessen the mistakes now it certainly it shows more when you've got close ball games. can you just you just point to this happened this happened and this happened versus a you know a 12 to 6 ball game where those things probably happen it's just we're not talking about it Um, but we need to tighten it up um, and and I think we're capable of doing that Um, we believe in these players we do Uh, They've had success before. We've got players that are going to be returning from injury. We have Liam Hendricks that's not too far off. Eloy's down in AAA. He's playing in the outfield, and he's finding his rhythm. He had a couple walks last night. There's a lot to believe in and and a lot to still be excited uh, with this team, and you know, we're we're not even at the halfway point. So um, I think it's important for us to remain optimistic and, and continue to find ways to make our team better.
1: You mentioned Liam Hendricks. You mentioned Aloy. And given your experience, both as a player and now as an executive in charge of player development, can you help us understand the difference in approach, or the difference in in maybe strategy, and in having a player, a position player like Aloy, spend as much time as he is in Charlotte, kind of regaining his swing and getting back into form, whereas Liam Hendricks, a closer. Yesterday when it was announced he was coming back, he's coming back to the major league team. He doesn't need to spend much time as a rehab stint at the minors trying to regain that command.
2: Well, you, you look at the body of work for, for, for each player. You look at Liam's case. You know, he's he's played a lot this year. He's pitched a lot, um, and he really hasn't been down that long. And, and, you know, he's a guy that, you know, you're asking to get, you know, three, four, maybe five outs. Um, when he's healthy, he's you know he's got the experience. We feel like he can he can plug right back in there and help us win close out ball games. Uh, Eloy, we were talking about you know the, the the in the box defensively, the type of injury with his legs. He needs to get comfortable with where his legs are at at this point of the year, um, and he he's he's doing all those things. So um, we don't want to rush him. Um, certainly from a, from a health standpoint, you want to make sure that there aren't any setbacks. And then, of course, you want him to be uh, productive when he gets back here. So, uh, you know, last night he, he had a couple walks. He's obviously seen the ball better. He had a home run uh, not too long ago. And we'll continue to build there, get confident in the outfield, and plug him back up here. And, and just having his presence, both of those guys, having them in the clubhouse together, uh, you know, on the lineup card, it, it can do a lot to a, to, to a team. And, um, yeah, certainly look forward to having both those guys back.
0: Chris, you uh... Balance in a lineup is is key. Having really good hitters, as I'm reminded by Rick Hahn and, and Kenny Williams many times, is more important. But uh, can, can a team win without a left-handed slug in the lineup to uh, you know augment and and to uh, you know bring the potential out of the lineup that's needed on a daily basis? I mean, you guys have been hit by injury with Grandal, uh, Certainly, uh, uh, Mancada. Uh, you know uh, sheets uh, had to be sent down uh, the, the left-handed pop how significant is that in a lineup just to uh, to have uh, that type of balance to win
2: I mean an ideal an ideal lineup it's it certainly uh, you know balanced both left and right and and you know like you said having some lefties in the lineup that can drive the baseball um, it just adds protection um, you know, it, it allows you to be a little bit more creative, um, but at the end of the day, you know, you've got to go out there and find ways to win with the the club that you have at that certain time. And if that means it's going to be right-handed heavy, so be it. Doesn't mean we can't go out there and find a way to win a ball game. Um, but you know, as we always look to improve, you try to get the lefties, w- w- you know, within our organization to be able to help our uh, major league club. And if not, we'll, we'll seek uh, s- something from the outside. So, I. Uh, You know, that's our job to focus on it in the front office. Um, And then you've got the coaching staff and the players that just need to go out there and try to win that night. Um, And, you know, as a group, we're going to find ways to go out there and try to improve this ball club so that they can go out there and um, hopefully reel off some wins for us.
1: Chris Guest joining us for a couple more minutes here on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. Chris, okay, there have been some bright spots in the minor league system this year. I wonder if you could briefly update us on three guys in particular whose names are familiar to White Sox fans. Colson Montgomery, Oscar Colas, and Yoki Cespedes.
2: Yeah, I mean, a, a Colson, Colson's just had an excellent season. Um, he's on a, a pretty, pretty significant streak right now, an on-base streak that I, I believe is nearing 40 games. You know he for for a guy that you know was juggling two sports, hadn't played a lot of consistent baseball, you know, transitioning into professional baseball, playing every day. Uh, you know, he his temperament, he's so under control, both defensively and offensively. He's getting on base. Uh, he's driving the baseball. um there's just no panic um, at all. he's he's he understands that this is a marathon. so, In terms of the ups and downs that that are presented your way as a as a baseball player, he handles it um, like a veteran. Uh, It's been it's been really fun to watch. You know, we just uh, challenged him with a move up to Winston Salem. Uh, He hasn't skipped a beat, and you know now he's playing with Oscar Colas, another player you bring up. Um, He's an exciting player. He's got uh, power to all field. got great hands at the plate. I've been impressed with how he's played center field. I knew he, he, he was a guy that could handle the corners with a big arm, um, but he's a guy that's been uh, making an impact defensively. So you've got a, you know, center field potential. It uh, can move the ball around the diamond, drive the baseball, uh, just an active um, competitive player that it, it's been, it's been a joy to be able to watch both Colas and Montgomery play together here, um, you know, in the last week or so. And Cespedes, had a pretty solid year. Um, you know, his defense is, has been consistent. Um, he's got some pop. We're looking for a little bit more consistency with the bat. Um, big, strong player. He just needs to believe in, in, in his strengths. Um, doesn't need to try to do too much. And he'll be able to drive the baseball and catch up to uh, what the pitcher's throwing at him with velocity and moving the, moving the ball around the zone. Um, but three, three guys that, that, that we're, we remain excited about um, and look forward to, to watching it play out the rest of the year.
0: Chris, uh, we know the injury has taken its toll on the major league team. Uh, give us a heads up. Uh, have any injuries impacted any of your minor league players that uh, you were looking to move up? And uh, where, where are you at with that right now? You know,
2: knock on wood, we, we're in a pretty, pretty good place uh injury wise certainly there's there's been some guys that have uh gone down with um some injuries and missed some time you know norhae vera was a guy that uh you know had a had an injury before right right before spring training got started um and we wanted to to make sure foundationally he was in a good place took our time thankfully he's he's down in cannapolis now and he's um beginning to, to build up his workload and he's got some starts under his belt it's an easy upper 90s fastball with a slider and change up um you know we, we we've had you know jonathan stevers a guy that you know the, the white sox fans have seen in the past he had a lad injury that ended his year last year um and he's building back um but for the most part we, we've had we've had the core of our our minor league group uh they, they've been able to get out there and have have um have quality seasons going out there and playing and and naturally develop so uh fingers crossed we can we can remain healthy um and we can put 2022 in the books and, and and these guys can move forward and prepare for a championship season next year
1: yeah we're only halfway through this season chris so i think that you know you when you look at things to examine ways to reflect i think we might be a ways away from that but i do wonder when you see the outbreak of injuries at the major league level, and obviously a lot of the uh, other teams in, in MLB are going through the same types of things because of the, the nature of spring training and how compressed it was, but do you anticipate studying a connection between you know the injuries at the major league level and what you might need to do throughout the system in terms of an overall approach or a consistent approach to either conditioning or a regimen or changes that need to be made to avoid these kind of injuries throughout the system?
2: Yeah, you, you certainly, um, you know, when you have the, the load of injuries that, you know, Major League Baseball has endured, you know, as an industry, I think we, we all kind of work together and, and, and try to find ways to improve. Obviously, we've been hit with some significant injuries as well. You look at all the data points you can. Is, is there a programming issue in terms of, you know, the performance team and the strength coaches? Is it a scheduling? Um, is it scheduling throughout the season? Is it spring training? Is it the 12-month calendar year? Uh, it was a unique off-season where uh, there, there wasn't any communication with our players. Um, we had a, a spring training that w- w- was certainly shortened. We've got, we, but we, we were playing a full season, so there was adjustments to the scheduling. Um, there are a lot of different factors. We, we will look at it all, and I think as an industry, industry, we, we try to fix it, and internally we'll do the best we can to, to try to find improvements. Baseball, it's a long season, uh, regardless of, you know, coming off of a, a lockout, um, you know, coming off of a 2020 that was a unique year. There, there were just a lot of um, unpredictable things that happened. That doesn't mean that we can't make adjustments moving forward, um, I hopefully in the next in the coming years, things smooth out a little bit, become a little bit more predictable and and as a high performance team, we can go out there and keep these guys healthy.
0: Robo umpires. Uh, your experience watching it, a uh, story came out this week saying it's a matter of time before it comes to the major leagues. Uh, Chris gets thoughts about robotic umpires behind home plate yeah we we,
2: We've had the ABS system uh, in Charlotte, so um, we've gotten a fair amount of experience with it. Um, to be honest with you, it, it's, it's been a positive experience. It, it has, I mean, just the consistency that we've had, and, and we've just had it uh, at our Charlotte Stadium. And, um, you know, talking to our pitchers and even our hitters, they've appreciated the the consistency. Uh, from time to time, you'll, you'll get feedback from catchers, catchers that are uh, – you know, skilled at perhaps stealing some strikes, uh, they don't like it as much because uh, they felt like they, they, they were benefiting by uh, taking advantage of some of the umpires. But as a whole, you look at it, um, there's certainly some positives. I know that, you know, Major League Baseball is um, looking at some some different ways to use ABS. Uh, it's been talked about to have a challenge system. They've used that in the Florida State League. Uh, there's talk of, of using that in Charlotte here shortly um and perhaps the, they'll spread it out in the the minor leagues. I haven't experienced that yet. I think it's a unique concept. Uh open to it, um but I'll have certainly a better judgment once we experience it for a little bit.
1: Before we let you go, I got to wonder now about the effect pitch clocks are having on the development of young pitchers and how you know not everybody's Johnny Cueto. Not everybody's able to kind of change the rhythm and adjust it as easily as he does to and he he does that by design, but Chris, when you see young pitchers the effect that the pitch clock has on command on anxiety on whatever it is, if they're rushing their mechanics, have you seen that? And what do you anticipate if indeed major league baseball adopts a pitch clock as many expect?
2: You know, early on, I, I was fairly skeptical. Um, you know, the, the first few games that, that it was implemented there, there, there was some uh, distraction um, and, you know, players that felt like they were rushed and, and balls, balls were balls or strikes were called against the hitter or or, or a pitcher. Um, you know but but the players have adapted. they have. Um, I, I do I do think that there, there there's perhaps um, a little adjustment in the time, but as a whole, um, you know it really hasn't uh, been a deterrent from a development standpoint. You know, resetting both as a hitter as a pitcher is important. I think it can still happen. Uh, within the time frame that's given. Um, the game is moving. Um, you know, it, it certainly caught, cut off a significant amount of time. I think the fan experience uh, it, it has been a positive. Um, certainly you don't want to have a negative effect on the development of players. Um, but I think that, 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 that are guys, and, and just from kind of watching um, and even looking at some of the underlying information that we're getting, you know, player. There, there has been player improvement. There has been the fan experience has has improved as well. I think there is something there. Um, and before we know it, it might be at the major league level. We've seen it with guys that have been called up that are now conditioned uh, by this uh, the, this clock. Um, and I, 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 you know, I'm a, I'm a guy that that does feel like these games have gotten a little too lengthy. Um, the time between whether it be in the box or in the mound um, has gotten. You know, a little a little out of control where where I do feel like getting on the mound or getting in the boxes can be a positive for everyone involved.
1: Chris, thanks for your time. Really
2: appreciate it. You got it guys. Have a have a great great fourth.
1: Yeah, you Chris. too. Have a great fourth of July. Chris Guts, the White Sox Assistant General Manager in charge of player development.